0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: it is your post-match reaction for everton nil aston villa two. straight to the denby castle today uh, i didn't think anybody in the ground would want to hear aston villa fans singing about poverty uh, when the team's winning away from home so um, straight here i've got my flush keith tomlin mark mosey dave downey's going to join us soon as well uh, mose i'll come to you first mate even game decided by one good striker and one good su- substitution. I thought, and unfortunately Everton have got neither of those things.
2: Yeah, I I agree with the even game. I think it, it, it very much gave the feeling of the uh, for the taken for the vast majority of it. Um, we, we are unfortunately just absolutely dreadful in the attacking third, um, whether that's Mope or, or any other cog in that system. We are just not a team that is set up to score football goals at the moment and that is incredibly dangerous for a team that currently sits in the relegation zone. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is to the obvious question, but Neil Mope is not it. Um, well, I think we are we are very much at that point now whereby simply any other alternative has to be trialled, whether that's Damari Gray, whether that's, again, a, you know a relatively seemingly not good enough Ellis Sims albeit we've seen very little of him um but it it, it is now time to change things up and see a different dimension to Everton's attack um so much of the first half I thought was encouraging um not only Everton's relatively okay play but Aston Villa's insistency on playing out from the back I thought that they were just waiting and waiting for Everton to pick them off um you know, I I found their mentality and their tactics stressful and I am not an Aston Villa fan. So <laughs> what the 3,000 Aston Villa fans were thinking, God only knows. Um, they, they unfortunately were, you know, w- regardless of what your opinion is on the penalty decision, I think it, it was a fairly clumsy challenge for a to make. Um, Oli Watkins never looked like he was going to miss when given an opportunity. Um, and the second goal was... The reason why you don't play two ageing centre halves in a game that you're chasing, Um, they they allow the ball to come onto them. Emmy Bunde breezes past Connor Cody like he's not there, and you know they are fine margins, but they are the fine margins between us all sitting here happy that we're 13th or 14th in the league and, and managing to put a bit of air between ourselves in the relegation zone. And now looking at the fixture list with anxiety again of. You know, every single game, be it home or away, looking very difficult. Um, an incredibly frustrating day. Uh, and I honestly don't think we've been beaten by a team as mediocre as them at Goodison Park for quite a while. Even Southampton and Wolves. <laughs> I mean, I'll caveat that by saying we've been beaten by absolutely everyone. <laughs> but, no, I think I think the reasoning behind me saying that is that... I. I always felt that if, if any team was going to take advantage of, of a, a relatively lacklustre game and, and kind of change gear and go on and win it, it was going to be us. It, it felt as though we were just missing that extra couple of percent to go on and win the game. And I think to to kind of hopelessly play out the last 15 or 20 minutes, not even looking like we were going to get a consolation goal, is, is such a contrast to a first half that, that promised so much, didn't it? I mean... It, it, it really. I sat down a half time and thought, if we only get a point here, we'll look back at this as a missed opportunity. Um, we we, did, we already got a kick in the last 15 minutes, and you know the, the 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 contrast between so nearly and so far away that that can't exist. We have to we have to remain in games when it isn't going our way, and I think that that's the one thing that dis- disappointed me today. And even when Aston Villa went one goal ahead on what was it 65-ish I thought we, we are very much still in this um, you know if we get one before 80 we can go on and win it, um, I, it I, I did not think at that point that we would waste 15 or 20 minutes just watching Emi Martinez rolling around on the floor uh, but that's ultimately how it ended up
0: I'll say this for Emi Martinez he is an absolute master of housing. But there is nobody in the league that can do it as well as him I um, agree with it largely with Mose it was a very even game um, it, up until the penalty Everton were probably the better side Like they probably edged it and made a couple of chances half chances if you take them if you're a bit more decisive in front of goal get a, get your noses in front it's a different game once, once the penalty came and I'm sure we'll, we'll deal with the penalty in itself. But uh, once the penalty came and once they went in front, Everton had to come out the shells a bit. And we're not good at that. You can see that. Everton's plan as they set up is very clear. Be a nice, tight, compact unit. And up until the goal, they were very good at it. They limited Villa. Villa didn't really have a shot on goal until, until the 60th minute when they got the penalty. After Everton had to come out, I don't think there was anyone who was going to win that game but Villa. We just There's no plan B at the moment because they don't have the personnel to implement a plan B. And it makes it difficult. Um, City have just scored against Bournemouth, which uh, might be a saving grace at some point. This is it. We're not quite at the requiring snooker stage, but we're still um, we're certainly looking for safeties at this point. Do you know what? I'm not getting too downhearted about that today. I think they they implemented the game plan well for the first hour. It's only after they had to change it that things looked a bit grim. So we dust ourselves down, we put it down to experience, and we move on to bigger games. Yeah. Um
3: Sometimes in football, you don't get what you deserve. Sometimes you get exactly what you deserve. That game was somehow both. Like We, we deserved a goal or two with our play, pretty much up until like the 55th minute. But for uh, Neil Malpay just being incapable of either getting the shot off or just turning on the spot and finishing, which should be bread and butter for any striker, we could have been out of sight in that game. So he deserved to be ahead we weren't ahead and then obviously you get what you deserve and that didn't take our chances they had one big chance ahead of that I think did Pickford get fingers today? yeah outstanding and save and then seconds later you know your man wouldn't begin was it just waltzed into the box and he always looked like he was going down and he just, like, gaze, just done him a big favour and struck the leg in obviously other end of the pitch I couldn't see it I've heard people on Twitter say he got a toe to it we've been told so many times over the years if you get even a feather of a toe on the ball it's not a penalty that's gone against us so many times and yes here we are now um, but yeah it's, that's what happens like Villa have done us a kipper there they, they just absorbed what we gave them for an hour and then they got a chance they took it and not looked back and the second one I can't believe how much time and space we've given them like the centre halves they just back it off and back it off Any. If Tarkovsky backed off any further, he would have been in the goal. And he just again again he just let him stroll through and then slots him when and I haven't seen the replay on often, but from my view it did look like a cracking finish. So you've got to give the nod there. But Yeah, and then it, At the end, like you're looking at people like eighty five minutes and people are like getting off, the stands are emptying. And it wasn't so much like the disgust we felt in recent months. It was just more like We've been here before, we know. There's there's nothing coming now. We're not even getting a consolation goal. May as well, you know, get on the train early, get back to pub. It's, I mean, a full-time whistle. What's the booze? Like, probably maybe smattering, but...
2: Only Bradley Taylor. Not not, not collectively.
3: I don't think there'll be as much anger as there was, say, after the likes of Brighton or Wolves, but... As Keith said to me before, dust ourselves down and move on. Take it on um, I, I didn't think I'd be saying this
4: but I actually agree with all three of the lads to be honest with you I thought we were absolutely ab- not abysmal I thought it was shite um, I, when, when people are saying it was close I just never had a feeling that we had any sort of grit in, in what we were doing it just it looked so weak and sort of watching Villa come at us it felt like they were always going to create a chance that was going to be better than ours funnily enough they didn't we had, a, we had probably had the best chance before they scored the penalty and it come to them but I don't know I don't know whether it's just how I feel personally in life right now or whatever it is but I am properly angry over that just as much as any other game we've lost this season because the momentum it felt like we have going into that game I haven't had the two home victories Um, I was actually looking forward to this today because although Villa drove Arsenal close last week I really fancied us at home It, it felt like it was a fortress back at Goodison again. And given that we had an odd chance or two in the first half, I felt the teams were really close to each other. But then it was always Villa who looked more composed than us when he had the ball. I mean, mate, I've banged on about it all season. I started getting ripped a little bit on Twitter saying it. But it feels like we play with 10 men when Neil Mopay plays. I think he's fucking abysmal. I don't know how he's playing in the Premier League. I don't know what he offers. I don't know why Ellis Sims isn't playing, even though he might well be shit. I don't know. But he's a big fella who can keep the ball. That's more than what Mopey can do. What else are we doing going forward? What's the game plan? What does Dice do in, in training? Saying, this is the goal I want us to score this weekend. I want it to get out to uh, uh, to McNeil. I want it to get out when uh, Seamus is able to go forward, when anyone else on the pitch can cross it in. Well, Mopey's not going to score you the header. What else are you going to do? Just knock himself into someone and give away a free kick? Anthony, Anthony Taylor was abysmal today, a shocking refereeing. But I felt like I couldn't criticise him enough you know, because
1: we, we were at the races to get something if he was refereeing properly. Well, I mean, we were saying before that if you could name a centre forward in the league was the least suited of everyone to dice his way of playing... The Mopey is probably top of your list, isn't it? We to no. play him anyway. It, it, that was his seventeenth game. He scored one goal.
4: What's the fucking point? what is the point I'd rather put want someone else there who's not a
2: striker Grey Gray's on the bench throw him there we said, we said coming out of the game today you know to, just to echo your Ellis Sims point he, he might be shit but we're all ready to see a different version of shit now I'd rather see him tested yeah. than leave Mopey yeah. in there you yeah, know whatever, however bad anyone else is in that position we are not losing out I found myself when Ellis Sims came on today I thought Okay, we've gained a little bit of physical presence, you know. Obviously, from from a, a finesse or a technique point of view, there's clearly a few things missing there. But when you when you try and break a striker down and think about the attributes that they have, when, when you take Neil Mope off, what do you lose? You know, if you say, well, we've brought Ellis Sims on and he's a big physical lad, but and that there isn't anything because there is no defining feature to the lad's game apart from. He'll be a bit tenacious when you play against teams like Arsenal and United and he'll be horrible for 20 minutes when you bring him on. You know, th- th- there are so many Everton players in this squad that aren't strikers that I would rather see players striker.
4: Absolutely right.
2: Inana, Gray, Iwobi, Michael I, I, Keane, Velios, <laughs> Michael Keane, <laughs> all, all Carlo Nash all of them <laughs> right every single one of them would offer us something a little bit more and, you know so so many of these answers Ellis Sims included are the yard dog option we're clearly going to go a bit more direct it's going to be it's going to be very sort of Farmers League fuzzy. but if that's how we gain what do we need realistically 12 or 13 points then so be it because you know, in, in what round does Neil Mopé score a goal for this team? It's if we have some form of unbelievable, intricate build-up play. Like, we saw against... Who was it where we scored that unbelievable goal that McNeil scored Palace at home? It has to be the perfect game and the perfect scenario in that game in order for him to score one goal. I mean, if, if we're all sat round here now February. If someone said, if Neil Mopé's going to get you... Two league goals between now and the end of the season. Every one of us will bite your hand off. I'll pay for it. Two goals. And th- this this is a striker of Premier League standard that we've paid actual currency for. Do you know what his game is? If he's gonna play for us,
4: he's come on for the last 20 when you're 2-0 up and no one's asked. which means are never gonna get on there. Exactly, no, that's exactly it. 20 minutes against it's Arsenal. It's like playing with home, 10 men, I said, up. I said. I put it on Twitter at our time. It's like playing with 10 men. And I was getting slated by a few saying, oh, you need to support him and all this. Well, what you've he got to give
1: you something to support. Fucking abysmal signing. 15 million. The, the, the thing that I thought today was the like Watkins had like little glimpses in the game and every situation he had the ball, he made it better. He made the chance for the team better with his movements, with his hold-up play. You know, the one in the first half, he gets in behind Cody. His touch is great. Pickford makes a good save. Second half, little spin off the back. Good header, good save from Pickford. And like every time we got the body, made more for his team. Whatever our lads got it, it just broke down. We made every situation worse by a slack touch or, or a poor decision. Um, and I mean, what, what what you what you do, keep is 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 there, is there anything he can do? I mean, this. this you know Matt was saying there about how you can get what you deserve but you don't get what you deserve sometimes I think the people who got what they deserve today probably weren't in the ground because they weren't there again today based on what happened with January in terms of not bringing in the right players Um, I think largely
0: an issue with Mope is we're playing him in a role that he shouldn't be playing in he's not physically suited to that lone striker high press win the header role right so do you gamble Change the shape and go to a four-four-two, and play him as a second striker off a big man, and see whether or not that unlocks a bit of his game. We've got him now. We're not selling him. We're not just going to leave him out of the sixteen, seventy, however many fucking subs there are now. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's like nine subs now, isn't it? Like twenty matches—that's disgusting.
1: Um, we have five defenders on the bench today.
0: So, do you take that gamble? And that, when we go 1-0 down there, do you say, right, okay, we're chasing the game. Let's lose the defensive shape. Let's throw Sims on for a midfielder. And then... And big man, small man. Big man, small man. It, it's, it's very industrial, shall we say. But is it worth trying just to see if we get something out of him that way? Because you've got him there, you're paying him money, we've paid a fee for him. Let's try and find something that he's good at, rather than just going, right, okay, well, he's shit, but he's fast, so we'll play him. I have a big problem today with how Everton pressed, right? You looked at times, at times we turned them onto the back foot, and Onana or Dekoury came out from midfield, pressed the back four, when they tried to play out from the back, which is great. But if you've only got two players doing it and they've got four options to pass the ball out, it's never going to work. It looks great and it gets the crowd up, but it was all too easy time and time again for Villa to pass the way out. So if you're going to press like that, send the
1: house. See, I, I thought we won it enough in good areas doing that and we just messed it up like so many times like in the, in the second half in particular like every time they tried to play out it's like go ahead do it because we're just going to win the ball back here but it was just, every time we got it it was like oh we've got it now Devranting frantic and they made loads of mistakes and it won't be in particular even today got it loads and just like panicked and you know, just gave it away i think
0: i think we won it a couple of times and we looked good when we won it but that was as a result of villa trying to play the ball into midfield rather than when they played the short passes between the full-back, the centre-half, and the CDM that dropped in. They passed round us, and they got out far too easily time and time again. But it's one of them. You, you've got to take these lessons from these games and move on. The next thing I want to do is I want to throw a little tick grenade into the, uh, into the conversation, get everyone riled up, and start the debate on is that the worst? I'm practically having a piggyback over the halfway line. And he shrugged him off and he gave them a free kick and booked to Courier. What on earth was that? Honestly, I, I, have you seen a worse referee in performance? I didn't know, I got booked at the start. Do you know what? He never even gave a foul. I think he gave a booking because the linesman's gone. You should probably book him
3: a bar check for a red card and he said it wasn't I think my brother said there was a VAR check for a red card he said it's not a red so therefore it's a yellow ab-
0: but none of them sorry yeah. there's absolutely no denying that Anthony Taylor was bullied heavily at school by a Scouse kid and he is exacting his revenge today because that was vile I
2: think the the point you made, uh, I think yeah, I agree with you, Matt, in that I, I think we won. We won the ball enough times in good areas to to come away from that game. We should all be sitting here and saying, I can't believe that they persisted with what they were doing, playing out from the back. We were always going to pick them off and we made them pay for it. We were probably, I'm trying to think of an ideal player in that situation, but the closest I can think of, we were probably a Stephen Pienaar away from making that look quite comfortable someone in an advanced area who in that in that situation you give him the ball and say please make the correct decision for me he's not going to be the one who hits the back of the net every time but he will pick the correct pass or he'll make the right decision and I think that, that, that level of know-how just clearly wasn't there um, just to, to pick up on what Keith said about the whole kind of the big man, little man potential for Mope and I think that that is the only way it would work I think the only realistic way we're going to see that on a regular basis is what we saw against Leeds last week where we, we, we say to Amadou Nana, we need you to be the most advanced of that three. You know, that's probably i say on a regular basis that's the most realistic chance that mope has got as having a strike partner. I think I had a good game last week but I don't look back and think well, Neil Mope really benefited from having him alongside him. He was crap and he got hooked and everyone said Ellis Sims offered so much more when he came on. Um, and I think, you know, how low is the bar, though, for that, man? you That's know what I mean? I, I, I will make accountabilities for some footballers to get into this team if it, benefits the whole, if it benefits the whole 11, but he is not someone who we need to kind of work into this team in some form of weird, niche way. You know, th- th- there are alternatives, and he is simply not going to offer us what, what we need. I think, you know, he, he obviously looks like someone who needs support up top, but... I know on paper it's one of our strongest areas of the pitch, but I don't look at those three lads in midfield and say, well, any two of you will be fine without the other one. We, we, we simply cannot afford to play 4-4-2. Four, four, I have people around me today saying, you know, we need to get one of those central midfielders further advance up the pitch. We need to have more shots on goal at a quicker pace, which I actually agree with. But you, you look at those three lads in the middle, if, if I asked any one of them to have a shot on goal and hit the targets, I, I genuinely don't think they'd manage it more than one out of three or four times. They, they are not kickers of a football. And I know that's crazy to say about them, but it's just Segui you know, and Onana and Decore, who, albeit haven't put a few games together, looks like his head falls off as soon as he gets into the attacking third of the pitch. There is simply not enough there to be an attack and threat when there's three of them, never mind when there's only two of them. I think we'd very quickly get overrun if we tried to change the the setup. So the only way around that is to change the personnel, and, and Mope is the obvious one.
3: Just going back to what Mo said then about we were missing like a PNR direct player. I think credit where due, we had that today in McNeil. That might be the best performance I've seen from him. He was picking it up so much. He was putting it on a plate all
1: day. There was just no one there. Like, like no one finishing it. Was he putting it on a plate? I feel like every cross he had went straight to Martinez. No, in the first half, he did give him quite a... He yeah, yeah.
2: deflected, to be fair, in that first half. But, um, you know... there's why? There's no point putting it on the plate if they're one sitting at the table. Um, and unfortunately, you know, whatever the situation is with Carver lewin we've obviously heard after the game today that he's not going to be playing in midweek. If that situation is a sacrifice to have him back for next weekend, then fair enough. But there is absolutely no point crossing this ball into the box unless it's a, a second phase from a corner know, and Unana and Tarkovsky and Cody are all still there it's, it's a pointless tactic as long as Mope's in the box isn't it absolutely yeah
3: and yeah you are right McNeil did give it to the goalie in the first half quite a lot and you just reminded me of something there I make it at least four times today that one of our players played a lot like a, a direct diagonal ball and hit our own player in the back have they been practising that like, I was, I, was I, was, I was
4: just around and having a look at it,
3: losing my mind about it. It's like, how many times are we gonna do? Every time it felt dangerous as well. Set them up for a counter attack. It was just absolutely bizarre. But yeah, um, I agree with Keith about the big man, little man thing. Like, I think it's just logical. Drop Gay and just start two strikers. It's simple as that. Like, try something different. might not do it on Wednesday. We got nothing to lose from that game. It's you know, it's it's not a write off. No game's a write-off, but if there's ever a time to try something a bit weird, it's, it's in a game that no-one's looking at as, you know, a desperate must-win three points.
4: Do you know what I think with that, and a little bit of devil's advocate here with that, if you're going to play big man, little man up front, us going to 4-4-2, which is what Dice is known for when he had Barnes and...
0: Yeah.
4: Warden. Yeah, all that shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Dice never played big man, little man, he played big man, big man, big man, big man. Big man. Exactly.
4: So that's what I'm saying. If you go Ken, <laughs> <Ferguson>. <laughs> If you go 4-4-2, it becomes like catch 22 for us because we haven't got two big fellas to throw up there. To go for fucking yeah. Sims and Calvert-Lewin? If, if you're thinking back to that, you know I, what I mean? I also think that the midfield who stresses me out more exactly. than that. Exactly, yeah. Um,
2: you know, gay, He He <laughs> would you drop out and take Decore out, that's a natural I, thing. Idrissa gay has to be one of those two, because he's the only one who does any defending. Yeah. I appreciate his defending wasn't good today, but you're right, Decore has to come out. And then, you know, the the, the disparity between Gay and Unana is just so vast they are not a partnership you know they are part of a trio that would be fearsome at times but you take any one of those three out the middle and we simply get overrun every week Um, yeah
1: we'll leave it there I think Uh, done 25 minutes on that game disappointing disappointing all around Uh, cheers today Moes Keith and Matt Uh, City are 2-0 up now anyway so there is that um, hopefully, Bournemouth aren't going to overturn that and come back and put us further in the mire. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, back to the glory days of cheering for Man City, isn't it? Um, what we all, what we all like to do. But uh, yeah, uh, only Arsenal next away, and then a big game against Forest on, yeah. on Sunday, which is obviously huge. But just tune in today. Up the toppies, We'll speak to you soon.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.